Hello and welcome to the TechMap podcast. In this week's episode, we're looking at search advertising and joining me as my guest is James Murray. James is the UK search advertising lead for Microsoft. And James joins us to talk about the future of search. As we approach the end of 2015, it seems like a good time to look ahead and see what the big trends are and what's going to happen in search advertising in 2016. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Good morning, James. Welcome to the TechMap podcast. How are you today? Hi, Andy. Very well, thank you. And uh, great to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me onto the show. So, James, why don't we kick off by you telling us a bit about who you are and what you're up to and who you work for and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So my name's James Murray. I'm the search advertising lead for Microsoft and I work within the Bing Ads team. And um, so I'm basically responsible for helping to um, educate our agencies and, and direct advertisers that we work with on what's coming in the product roadmap and, and keep them up to speed with all the latest things which are going on within the Bing Ads tool. But I'm also responsible for the sort of the wider sort of evangelism of, of Bing and what we're doing in the market and um, telling people the story about how Microsoft sees search changing and evolving over time. So, James, I first came across you. I actually saw your slides that you had shared at the Cambridge Digital Marketing Conference. I think that was the title anyway. And during that presentation, you'd really been talking about the future of search. And you used some provocative titles like a search revolution is coming and search is the new electricity. And I thought, look, as we approach the end of 2015 and we all start to look into the new year and think about well, what's coming in 2016 what should my marketing strategy look like why why not use this as a chance to get you on board to actually explain in a bit more detail as to what you actually mean by those terms and and what does that what's the impact of that on marketeers in the new year yeah, I think um, so. Thanks, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I think it's one of the sort of the downfalls of having really pretty slides, but without much information other than some catchy titles, is it can sometimes lead uh, to a lot of questions, but you don't always know the context of of what I'm talking about. So it's great for me to be able to to come and to sort of um, clear some of those those things up. So I think you know. When we talk about a search revolution, I, th I think um, we're reaching a really exciting stage um, in, in sort of search history um, because things are going to fundamentally change in the next couple of years. And they're, they're already we're starting to see the sort of the seeds of change. But if you go back and if you think for the last sort of 10 or 15 years or so, although we've seen huge leaps forward in the sort of the accuracy of what search is doing in terms of providing more relevant and accurate information, we haven't really seen a, a, a monumental shift in terms of what search actually provides. And so um, really, it, it's been something which has, has not changed that much. It, search has always been this sort of this destination that you go to, be that Bing or Google or Yahoo or any of the other search engines that are, are available. But you go to a search engine, you type um, stuff into a box, and what you get is that box and 10 blue links. And we've been um, aspiring to do something more with search for much longer than than that, but really we haven't we haven't got much beyond the box and ten blue links scenario. James, um, what, why do you want to change it? Is that are those ten blue links not working? Is that not what we're looking for as as search users? It's it's not that 
that it's not relevant. It's just that I think search can be so much more. And I think one of the things that we're starting to see is that we shouldn't have to always go to a destination just to just to type in to to find the information that we're looking for. I think one of the things that we're we're starting to see and one of the sort of as we move into 2016 and beyond is that you're going to see that search is is going to do sort of three things. It's going to become more um, proactive, it's going to become um, more predictive, and it's going to become a lot more pervasive. And so, you know, in terms of predictive, what we're getting to a stage now where as as we feed more information into search engines and as the search engines get to know us better personally as individuals, we're able to actually start to anticipate the information that that users need before they even uh, think to ask for it and i'll give you a sort of couple of examples of what that looks like yeah in a second in terms of being um proactive this is where uh, we're actually um going and we're, we're giving information in a way where you don't have to search for something it's just there for you and in terms of pervasiveness i think you know we're all aware i'm sure of the you know with the growth of devices and and increasingly sort of always on technology and um, search is I, I do sort of describe search as being the new electricity and what i mean by that is that Search, I think, is is going to sort of just um, melt away into the background, and much in the same way that electricity is always there and it's powering all of the things that we use, from um, the devices that we have to our um, laptops, to our phones, to our light switches. You know, when you come in uh, to your house at, at night and you flick the light switch, you, you're not consciously thinking, "Ah, that's electricity," which is switching on the light. You just think the light works. And similarly, I think we're getting to a stage with search where it will. St- start to just become um it will just melt into the background and so if you're consciously thinking oh where did i get that information you'll know that it came from search but actually you'll just be doing your everyday activities and search will be doing stuff in the background in order to power some of the things that are going to make you um really sort of more productive at work and at play well that's interesting and and when we were chatting just before we started to record we talked about how different people and different generations are using search and i was telling you about some of the younger guys in our team where the first thing they do is turn to search to look for a piece of information be it a file be it a program or or whatever they're looking for whereas you know, I'm a slight, slightly older than that. I won't share any details of age there. But for me, it's much more about looking where I know the information is going to be first. And so perhaps there's a changing way in which we're using search across the generations or across our different um, user levels and experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, definitely we, search is, it has already been, I think, for, for the last few years, has started to become the, the de facto way that we that we navigate from A to B because it's it's easier and it's quicker. And so even if we know the URL of the, the website that we want to go to, most people will search just using the search bar in order to get to where they need to go, which is why, you know, somewhat depressingly, perhaps the most searched for word uh, in all of the UK is Facebook because it's the it's the number one thing that people want to do. So even though they people know they want to go to Facebook or they might have it, uh, as an app downloaded on their phone, when people are on their desktop, typically people just type Facebook into Google or Bing because it's the easiest thing in order for them to get from A to B. But certainly, we're starting to see as the as search becomes integrated into um, you know the the 
the desktop and the into the um, the normal uh, and everything that we do. So it's in the in the hot bar now within um, Windows 10. People are increasingly using search in order to do those everyday things that you've described. So being able to search for a document. And one of the cool things that we're doing now is integrating your desktop search, um, actually stuff which is on your laptop or your or your desktop and stuff which is um, also on the web. So for example, if you do a search for car insurance and you know that your um, your renewal is coming up, Windows 10 will be able to bring you the stuff which is on your laptop, so maybe um, your saved PDF of your last car insurance uh, documents, but it will also bring you um, a, car, a search from the web, which will give you the latest options for you to be able to actually go and find the new car insurance deal that you want to find from an aggregator or, or, or a direct provider. So search is broadening out, or not broadening out, you're integrating web and desktop and your own information into one user experience, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this idea of integration is becoming a much bigger thing and it is becoming a staple of, of everything that Microsoft does and how we see search becoming empowering a lot more of the interactions and the experiences that we do. So to give you an example of that, you know, one of the things that we've done is we've brought being into a number of the um, office scenarios that we are um, probably very familiar with. And it, and it gets back to that idea of, you know, why should search be limited to a browser or, or, or a, a particular sort of destination? Why shouldn't search just be there in the place that you want it to, to exist? So in today's world, it, let's say you're doing a uh, a piece of research on, I don't know, George Washington or something, and you might be writing a, a paper in Word. Currently, if you wanted to do that, you'd be um, in Word, you'd be typing away. Then if you wanted to get more information about George Washington, you'd have to leave Word, boot up a browser, go to Google or Bing or go to a search engine, type in George Washington, click, click on a link probably to Wikipedia or something, and then the, the information that you need would come up. What we've done and what we're integrating now into, into Office 2016 is that Bing can take you to the information that you need in the place that you're at. So you don't have to leave the experience that you're in. So actually, all you have to do now is, is with a thing called Bing Insights is you can type George Washington into Word. You can highlight it and right click using your mouse and then you'll get um, all of the information will come up on the right hand side of the, of the page and it will drag in information from lots of different sources, from Wikipedia, from the BBC, from you know, news uh, articles and, and history sites and all kinds of things and it will cur curate that experience in a way that gives you all of the relevant information that you need in the in the experience that you're in and that works across you know lots of things so not just in word but also um if you wanted to find a new uh, video to put into your powerpoint deck rather than going to a search engine and having to search for it on youtube you can search for it directly from bing within powerpoint and drag it straight into the presentation so i can see the obvious advantages from a from an end user of that you know, it makes it makes the information I'm looking for much more readily available without bouncing between different user windows and so on and so forth. But that seems to me to have some obvious drawbacks or disadvantages to your average search marketeer, because if people aren't in that standard search experience, how do you show them ads? Search <laughs> ads. <laughs> so I think um, this is where we, you know, Part of, it, of what we're doing now and what we're trying to, to work out is how do we make the, the whole ecosystem 
um, work for clearly for for users. And I think you know primarily it has to always be a, a sort of a user first experience. And we want users to to get the best from search, whatever it is that they're doing. But that we also want to obviously be able to service advertisers because you know we we realize that that is where um you know a lot of the uh, revenue opportunities exist um for microsoft and just like any other company we we still have to to make money and and be profitable and all the rest of it so i think there's going to be we're still working out exactly how that's that's going to look and we and we don't have all of the answers yet i think What's going to change is as search changes and and as we move to a place where we're getting more answers, more stuff which is um, tailored specifically to specific users, there's going to be a shift in the way that we think about advertising. And so advertisers are going to have to um, be able to have access to to users in a way, but we'll have to give them um, stuff which is relevant to those specific users. So... I can envisage a, a world where, let's say, I'm I might be searching for uh, a new holiday, and I, I want to book a holiday to I don't know Canada or something. So, one of the best places to book a holiday is actually within my um, Outlook because Outlook has access to my calendar. I can see where, uh, when I'm free, when I can take time off work, what works. So, you know, I, I imagine an, uh, an experience where. If I'm searching for flights rather than going to a, a, a search engine searching for flights to Canada or something, I should be able to just do that within my my calendar and it will, it will sort of pre-populate with the various options that I have. Now, for an advertiser then, if I'm in my calendar, I'm looking at when I'm wanting to book a particular flight, I am an absolutely like prime candidate for, for a marketer. To, to sell something to me, which is, is you know, they, they know that I'm in the mood for, for buying because I'm actually putting stuff in my calendar. Therefore, uh, I think the, the, for the marketer, it's, okay, how can I offer a value to the, um, to the user, which is going to make them want to buy my, my thing? And mm. so I, I feel like we'll get to a stage where there'll be, um, it will still be sort of an auction based, but it'll be an auction based on value to the consumer rather than just how much you're prepared to pay to be highest in the in the in the um, in the SERP. And so, if one uh, advertiser can offer a particularly good deal, say you know 10% off their flight, then they might appear higher uh, in the in the list of orders of the various flights that I have available to put within my calendar. Now that's still powered by search. It's still um, of all of the things which are available. And there are going to be, I think, still more tailored experiences based on previous search behavior, people's preferences and, and all of the, the um, information that we can gather about people about what it is that, that is important to them to give them the most relevant experience. But then if an advertiser can come along with a really good value proposition, which is going to make the consumer have a change of heart, then we can we can offer that to them. And then that works for, for both mm. parties. I can see that leading to increased or improved conversion rates, really, if you've got that information available to you actually in your calendar whilst you're thinking about, you know, the dates and times to fly. That that to me spells out, you know, greater conversion rates. But I, yeah, I, want... I think because I, well, I think it's a really interesting thing, right, is that, you know, when if we're, if we're looking up um, 
when we think about something where somebody's searching for sushi for example now that's a very generic term and actually trying to decide what is the most relevant information to serve somebody when they search for sushi are they looking for a restaurant somewhere to eat are they looking for a sushi class to go and learn how to you know actually make the the rolls themselves or are they just interested in looking up the sort of the history of japan it's very difficult for us to to know as a search engine exactly what's relevant to a particular person at a particular time and so you know there are all kinds of things that we're trying to do by trying to understand previous search behavior but also the demographics of who that person is and also but what's the context that they're in so if somebody is walking around on their mobile phone and they make a, a voice search for sushi and they're wandering around and it's about lunchtime then chances are they want a restaurant if they're at their desk they're on their desktop and they're searching for sushi and it's sort of 10 o'clock at night and they're a student they're probably doing some last minute research because they haven't bothered to to <laughs> get their time their you know their time organized properly so you know it's taking these different signals to work out what's relevant to them and then giving the best information that we that we possibly can um, based on what we know about the searcher. So that opens up two really important areas. W one for me is the changing nature in which in how we search for information. So previously you might just go on to your search engine of choice and type in a couple of words and, and now we're increasingly typing much longer keyword strings and asking longer questions and that obviously will change the way in which people find information and, and the way they set up their their search advertising but also their seo and secondly of course there and we haven't really got time to go into detail but let's just talk about privacy a little bit just so that i get a sense or an understanding of what does it mean that we've got all this extra information this context around a person what does that value exchange look like between the consumer and the advertiser and how does that impact how we should be thinking about consumers from a search advertising point of view yeah, I think both are really important points, actually. And, and so I think if we just touch on the privacy thing um, briefly, I think the thing with, with privacy is that users are becoming increasingly aware of what they what they've been giving away for a long a long time and and just how much of the information that they share about themselves is is sort of freely being used at the moment by advertisers to target them for certain things. And so you know, I think there's a there's definitely some questions to be asked by the industry about just because we can do something doesn't necessarily mean that we should be doing something. Mm -hmm. And and advertising is littered in in its long history with with things which you know now we look at as being absolutely shocking. You know, pushing uh, you know various products on on um, people that that really we shouldn't have been doing. So, you know, there there I think there's going to come a point where the industry is going to have a have to have a pretty sort of grown up conversation in conjunction with consumers about what are the right steps what's what are we legitimately allowed to use and it's got to be based on on transparency and consent now one of the things that microsoft is doing to be sort of proactive in this space is there's all kinds of things that we know about consumers already from their search behavior but we want to make it um, as transparent as possible so that um, everything that we we sort of understand and know about somebody, we tell them that 
what what we know about them. And I think that's sort of best encapsulated in um, in our digital personal assistant, which is Cortana. So Cortana um, is kind of like our version of of Siri. Um, she's a she's a personal assistant. She exists on. Windows Phone, but now also um, on other Windows devices, like uh, anyone who's, who's downloaded Windows 10, you'll find Cortana there. And the idea of Cortana is that she's there to make your life easier. And so if you allow her, you can tell her stuff about what's of interest to you. So for example, I tell Cortana that my favorite football team is Manchester United. So therefore, when I'm searching for um, sports results, she'll always put the Manchester United result first because she knows that that's the one that I'm going to find most interesting. But, you know, there are all kinds of other things where if you allow Cortana to um, sync with your calendar, for example, but also have access to some of your app data. Um, I think uh, we talked about this uh, a little bit before we came on air. You know, one of the cool things that happened to me a couple of weeks ago, I was flying out to, to Dublin for a, a meeting, an internal meeting with Microsoft. And I had to get to the airport at a certain time. I'd, I'd left plenty of time. Now, because Cortana syncs with my calendar and because she also syncs with my um, BA app, she knew exactly when my flight was due to leave. But she then also proactively went out and checked the, the traffic for me to get to Heathrow. Now, she told me to leave half an hour earlier than I had previously planned to because she knew that otherwise the traffic was such that I wasn't going to get to the airport on time. Mm. Now, that's that kind of um, predictive and proactive search that I was talking about, about how we're starting to see new means of search emerging. I didn't ask Cortana to do that for me. She just did it on my behalf. And she did it in a way which which gave me really useful information. And it just worked. But that only happens if I'm willing and, and happy to share that data with Cortana. And the great thing is, is that at any time I can just check and I can look at the files and I can ask her, okay, what is it that you know about me? You know my calendar, you know that I like Manchester United. And if there's anything that I'm not sure or I'm not happy that, that I'm sharing with Cortana, I can delete it and she will then forget it. And so I think that's that's where we're, we're seeing uh, stuff changing and moving is that um, we're going to get to a stage where people will have um, users will have greater control over what they share and if it's it's done in a right and a transparent way then it can lead to much much um, better advertising opportunities so as ever transparency is key in the privacy issue just let people know what information you're using you're collecting and let them decide what they're happy to share or not absolutely yeah and i think people are open when they see the value of the experiences you know like the one that i've just described at the airport you know that saved me from from missing my flight and that wouldn't have happened if i hadn't allowed that that to happen but providing users can see the value of what they're getting and in this case this is a very easy user case to demonstrate then they're more than happy to to share i think the 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 issue at the moment is if they they feel like they're either being taken advantage of or that they're not getting the uh, a good perceived value mm. for the uh, exchange of the of the data that they're giving away. 
So, so that's all very well, and, and honestly, that sounds like a, an incredible use case for Cortana there, or Siri, or whichever one of the voice-activated search tools you decide to use. But for those of us that aren't quite as tech-savvy, and there are billions and billions of us that are still going into that search window and typing into that box in the middle to search for something, but we're using longer strings, keyword strings, what does that mean from a search advertiser's point of view? How do we actually respond to those changing search patterns? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the nature of the way that we're searching is is changing. And, and so one of the things that, that we've seen is um, particularly the growth of voice search. So we're still uh, searching, but we're, we're using our voices to, to talk to uh, machines rather than, than necessarily typing. And so that presents a really interesting challenge for the for more for SEO rather than, than for PPC about, OK, well, how do I change um, the way that I think about my content based on the way that people are changing the way that they're actually physically searching. So, so queries are getting longer because we're much more uh, conversational when we're searching with, with voice than when we're, when we're typing. And I think we're going to go back to what I call the sort of the, the way that my mum searches. So, <laughs> you know, most of us got to a stage, I think, pretty early on where we, we realized that typing in a long sort of full sentence into a search engine wouldn't give us anything useful so if we're searching and and so we're searching for a holiday for example most of us will just type in um holiday greece whereas my mum is the kind of person who will still say i'm looking for a nice family of four retreat somewhere which is nice and warm maybe in the greek <laughs> islands and she'll type that whole thing into the into the search bar you know the the beauty obviously about voice and 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 as um search engines as the algorithms get clever at being able to understand the context of what you're saying i think we're going to see more and more people go back to this sort of longer form conversational type of search and and search engines actually being able to make sense of what is being asked and still provide relevant information so i think from a from an from a marketer's perspective you have to think more about you know people are going to be asking more questions we see that why questions in particular are, are the, some of the fastest growing queries online, but also sort of the, the nature of, of the way that you think about writing your copy has to also be more conversational in tone and less just sort of keyword stuffing. Mm, that's interesting. So, so how do you think that will then impact the ad creative that we're putting together for PPC campaigns? Well, I think you know PPC. There's lots of things which are which are happening, and I think certainly we're we're getting cleverer and we're getting better at being able to target ads at, at the right people at the right time. But it means that we're going to have to also think about from a creative perspective how do we make sure that we're using the right language that's really going to talk to the, the specific consumer. And it comes back to that idea of the more that we start to know and the greater sort of um, information that we have and the demographics of understanding more and more about the individual and the more we can curate the experience towards the individual, the more we have to think about you know, that, that sort of one size fits all thing is not going to work anymore. So you're going to have to come up with ways of thinking about what are the, the creatives that, or what are the specific words that are actually going to attract a particular type of, of person. There's a fantastic example from a couple of years ago with the, an agency that worked with a, a pizza place. And so they were thinking particularly about 
how do we get people to buy more pizza? And so they thought about rather than thinking about just offering a better offer of, you know, buy one, get one free, where they'd have to give away pizza. One of the things that they did was that they thought, okay, why don't we think about the user? And so they specifically targeted people who were coming off the train late at night. They Maybe they'd been to the, the pub. You know, the thing that they want then is good sort of language which is going to make them they're already hungry but what's going to actually tip them over the edge and make them buy pizza so they they completely change the language from buy one get one free to you know try our you know delicious hot steaming you know pizza <laughs> and that actually started because they were thinking about the user in the mindset of at this particular time so targeting adverts just at a, a particular time at later at night when they're when they're less worried about buy one get one free they just want food which is going to be attractive that they they saw conversions go up um, immensely and i don't think these are difficult things to do it just means that we have to be a bit more thoughtful and proactive about how we go about actually creating copy which is relevant to the user at the time and in the instance that they're in well that sounds to me like a case study for being much more granular in your campaigns and focusing on the emotion and the context of that purchase decision at the time you know obviously after a few beers and you're on your way home you're right buy one get one free is of less relevance but a hot steaming pizza that's going to satisfy my cravings for carbohydrates is exactly, exactly much more tempting that's interesting so what do you see then obviously now let's 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 um look at 2016 in particular and let's look at the search marketing from an advertiser's point of view what are the key trends that i really need to know about what's going to what should i think as i'm briefing my agency or as an agency what should i think as i'm advising my client over uh, ppc campaigns and strategies in 2016 yeah well i mean obviously i'm i'm massively biased because my 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 skew is always going to be start thinking more about bing and bing ads but um you know to, <laughs> it, it's kind of um it, it is a little bit tongue-in-cheek but it's also it's also true i think you know one of the one of the biggest issues that we have in in the market today is that I think people intuitively understand the value that 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 Bing can bring, but they, you know, it's very difficult when we're all very time pressured and there's not, you know, there's only so much resource to allocate. It's much easier to just spend your time sort of thinking about Google and not and and Bing kind of becomes the sort of the the afterthought. Like if I have time, then I'll then I'll do this. Mm. But you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is to actually is to make Bing as as um, frictionless and seamless as possible to make sure that it's as easy for you to use as possible. So, you know, we've done a lot of work in the last um, sort of year to eighteen months just to make the platform easier to use. Um, we've changed a lot of the um, layout of the UI so that it now sort of looks much more like AdWords. So if you know where something is in AdWords, you'll know where it is in Bing. So you don't have to hunt around to find um, the user functionality. James, but, can, I, can I just jump in there? And I, I'll just yeah, give you sure. an exact use case of that. So we run PPC campaigns for our clients. And we've been doing something very successfully for a, a language training school in London for a little while. And we we're looking for what could we do? What could we do to change this up? How, what else could we try and test? And we thought, well, let's let's have a go at Bing ads and see whether we can replicate or even improve upon the, the, the rates of performance we're getting from the AdWords campaign. And literally within about three clicks, Bing ads had imported the whole campaign from AdWords that we were, were testing and had started to run the ads. So it was actually almost too easy to do that. So I, I think 
hats off to the team at being as that's been working on that um, that experience and, and making it look and feel very very familiar to any uh, PPC advertiser I think you've done a, a great job in that respect yeah um, thanks very much and I think you know it's, it's one of those things that we are trying to to make it as we know that that obviously as the challenger brand in this in this market we have to make it as as simple and easy for, for people to to use as possible but you know one of the things that often I think um, people don't realize just how how much we're growing and how much you know we're investing in 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 the platform but also how much how important search is to to microsoft as a as a whole and you know we say that we're we are now we're all in on search um but you know if you think about being in the uk now Bing alone is is um nearly 10 percent of the market and if you look at what uh, Bing powered uh search so um Bing, uh, Yahoo, and also uh, come January 2016, we'll be powering um, AOL as well. We're edging towards sort of 17, 18% market share, which is starting, is, is, is actually is pretty significant. And so, you know, we often say if I could give you an extra sort of 15% traffic in Google, people would bite our hands off. But it's just that there's a perception, I think, that it's too much effort, it's too difficult to do. And now, now we're really mm. trying to remove those barriers to make it easier. So, so let's let's for a moment move away from the Bing promotional stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and as much as I appreciate the update, and I think yeah. our listeners will, because it is an important shift. You know, for years we have been advising clients to just focus your efforts on Google. They occupy such a large percentage of the UK market for uh, paid search and also, of course, organic search. But it, you know, if you're saying that Bing's coming back to more like 10, 15 plus percent then it, is, it does become a, a percentage worthwhile playing with. Um, and I think that if people are listening to this and want to give it a go, they should. But let's just move away from being specific stuff. Um, let's talk more broadly about search ads in, in 2016. What can advertisers or marketeers do to actually uh, start to ramp up conversion and success and the value or return on ad spend, that, those sorts of metrics? What, what are the things they can start to have a look at? I, th- I think that's sort of the key thing is you know just doing the basics really well and 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 being really on top of of everything that you're doing and making sure that you've absolutely maxed out and optimized everything that you possibly can so one of the things that we often see is that people will have a, a look at um, testing some things but then they'll they'll let it sort of fall by the wayside so you know have a look at your campaigns and and see have you got all of the various um, site links and um, all of the various uh, ad extensions which are relevant to your campaign have you actually got them set up on your on your campaign there are loads of ad extensions which are available um, in Google and also in Bing um, in terms of what you can do. So have you got enhanced site links? Have you got um, location extensions if you're trying to push people towards your store? Have you got call extensions if you're trying to get people to actually call through to your, your call center? We've recently released um, app extensions to drive people to actually download your app. One of the things that we are um, bringing out in the new year is image extensions, something that um, so Google uh, played with but, but decided not to, uh, to pursue. But we feel it's something which is actually really useful and relevant for, for users. And we've actually taken a lot of the feedback that people gave us uh, from the experience that they had from Google and some of the things that didn't work. So things like that people found it frustrating that they couldn't have their logo within the image. And we've actually made it much easier to be able to um, and, and take in a bit more of a relaxed policy about how we 
um, see images for for our image extensions. So so whatever it is that you're you're doing, make sure that you're really maximizing the extensions because we see just by looking at the sort of the uplift, the more extensions you have, it's a no-brainer because it means that your ads are bigger, you're pushing your competitor further down the page, you're more likely to get those clicks, and your click-through rate will go go through the roof. So I think you know that's that's the the number one thing extensions but, are key in 2016 then <laughs> yeah well I, and you know that's not massively revolutionary i think you know extensions are are you know have been key for for a long time but i think you know it's just a, about you know re, really revisiting that and making sure that you can do everything that you can to, to make sure that extensions are, are mm. working i love the sound of image extensions because we, we have some clients that are very visual so for example we have an architect and an interior designers uh, a client and obviously their end product is very very visual but the, what they sell the service is is not so visual and so yeah. people will respond better to a visual uh, around a beautiful home than they would for example a process or a design process or methodology so having that message there as an image is um, it, i think will will certainly enhance those campaigns yeah, absolutely. And I think it just it really sort of ties into the whole idea of like trying to to in- capture people when they're in that mindset. So when people visualize a home, as you say, they, they're not thinking about the, the, you know, the actual architect drawing something, they want to see that that fantastic home. And that's very enticing. And, and people, you know, will will click on something which they feel is is close to their vision about what what they're what they want. But, you know, this leads us then to one of the one of the other things is that that the the image extensions then um, leads us to uh, another thing which we're launching is um, native ads. So you'll be able to take exactly the same advert that you use with an image with your um, search text within Bing Ads, but you'll also then be able to put that into um, a native experience on um, on MSN, so you'll be able to replicate your ad across um, both the search network, but also across display as well. And so, I think this is, you know, comes to a, perhaps a slightly wider theme or topic, which is, I think, 2016 is really going to be the year when we start to see greater integration between different marketing disciplines, and where the the data is going to start it's actually going to start being possible to link stuff up. So you'll be able to see more than just the uh, the halo effect of if I do display, I have an uplift in my branded search, but you'll actually be able to see that attribution about how different touch points across different networks affects the user journey. And therefore bringing stuff together is going to become really, really important. I'm really, I'm a little bit gutted actually that we've got this far into the conversation and we're nearing the end and we've only just touched on attribution because that for me is such an interesting topic area. But I think, I think, you know what, let's park attribution and maybe we'll get you back another time, James. <laughs> and we'll, we'll do a bit of a deep dive into attribution because I think that, you know, it's an, it's an area, certainly if you're new to, to search advertising, attribution can be a difficult topic area. Um, but as a, from a client's point of view, you want to know where your spend's going. So attribution is, is, is really, really key. But just going back then to the, the native ads thing there, describe to me how that's different to just the display network. So I think the, the core principle of the native ad is that it's something which, which you don't have to get another system or sign up to another, 
another interface in order for it to work. So it all works and it's all built on Bing ads. And the, the, the idea is, again, built on that principle of making stuff as easy and as frictionless as possible. So you're already spending time to to carefully sort of craft your search ads. You've got your titles and your, your descriptions that you want to um, use within search. Then when you append the image to it, which will show for various image extensions, you then then have a, an option to literally just with the single tick box to say whether you want the ads to show in a native experience as well. And so then, um, so let's say, um, just go back to the, the holiday example, so you can have all of your campaigns, which are for um, holidays to Greece. If somebody is then within the the travel page of MSN and they're looking for um, stuff to do with, you know, places to go in Greece or, or nice restaurants uh, within a particular place in Athens, then your ad could show within a native experience blended into the rest of the content there, which would then be um, clickable. So the idea is, is that it gives you a, a wider opportunity to go and speak to a much, much lar- larger audience again. And that's rolling out in 2016. Yeah, it's uh, it's testing now in uh, in the US and we're, we're going to be starting some pilot testing pretty soon here in the UK and then that will be rolling out um, later in uh, in 2016 for for all all clients. Aha, excellent. Okay, so we've got ad extensions, we've got native ads. Is there a is there a third big thing to look out for? I think it comes back to that idea that this is the general idea of um, integration. So you're going to start to see, I think, I think voice search is definitely going to be something that more people will be taking um, more notice of. And, and um, I think just thinking about, you know, how can, how can we use search in, in different ways? So I think being able to, we're going to start being able to query content through apps as well. So that, that opens up a, a whole another um, sort of use case for, for driving people to, to download your apps. But I think what's, what's happening is we're getting to a stage where it comes back to what we were saying earlier, that um, search is becoming seamless in that, it, that it's everywhere. And you're not necessarily always aware that search is, is going on, but it is becoming integrated into lots and lots of different things. So one of the best examples we have of that today is with um, with a, a product that we've that we've launched actually through Skype, which is Skype Translator. So you can go today and you can actually have a conversation with somebody in a foreign language where Skype is is acting as the intermediary, as the translator. So you could speak to somebody on the other side of the world in Chinese. You could speak English and Skype would translate it into Chinese, and so the person would hear Chinese, and then when they speak Chinese back to you. Um, you would hear English. Now, all of that is being powered by Bing. And so, you know, that op- that opens up, you know, a, a whole realm of possibilities for things like, you know, how do we collaborate better um, with with colleagues across across the globe? And I think it's one of those things where from a consumer perspective, search is just going to be there in the place that they need to do the stuff that's going to make people more productive at work and at play. And so whether it's um, through, you know, just through Bing ads, through through the very simple sort of interface that exists today, through some of the stuff that we talked about, the growth of um, personal assistance and voice search, or whether it's through new innovations and, and integrations of search like with the uh, um, Bing Insights in Word or, or through something like Skype Translator, you know, I think it's a really, really exciting time and something that, that, 
marketers need to be thinking about, okay, well, what does this mean for my business? How is that going to change the way that people adopt their behavior when they're interacting with digital properties? And how can I make sure that I'm getting the most out of that? What an excellent place to to call it a day. I think it, you're basically bringing it all back to proactive, predictive and pervasive. And I think that, you know, some of the, the things that are coming up there sound incredible. And the idea of having that Skype translated conversation in Chinese sounds amazing and I think I saw a video on YouTube that demoed that a little while ago and that, that that's particularly yeah. exciting for someone yeah. who who just about gets by in English let alone another language <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's it's you know I I can speak firsthand about how useful it's been you know someone who's married to uh, my wife is is from Taiwan and and because her family don't actually speak English you know it Skype has been an incredible incredible tool for me to actually be able to start to have more of a relationship with my with my in-laws and with my my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law because it opens up you know a, a, a channel for us to be actually to be able to communicate in in very um, much much more complex ways than if I had to rely on either my wife to translate everything for me or or you know ultimately you then you just get down to, to making sort of hand signals so <laughs> um, it's it's an amazing tool and it and it really is something which which I think has the potential to do some some huge uh, good and and have a huge influence on the way that we um, interact with people amazing so James why don't we finish off there why don't you let people know how they can uh, get in touch with you if they want to pick up the conversation directly with you yeah absolutely so you can always reach me on email my email is j a murray m e w r a y at microsoft.com my Twitter handle is at James3Murray, um, or you can use the at BingAds Twitter handle to um, contact us on on, uh, on Bing. And then, um, you know, there's if you're interested in any of the stuff that we've talked about, go to the go to the Bing Ads um, webpage. You can do that very simply just by typing Bing Ads into um, hopefully Bing. But if you insist on using <laughs> that other search engine, then we won't hold it against you. There's another search engine. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. James, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a really interesting conversation. And uh, yeah, let's let's get you back some time to talk all about attribution. All right, Andy, thanks very much for your time.